Good morning, and welcome to this edition of A Public Affair on KGNU with the Community Foundation of Boulder County. I'm your host, Jim Williams, Dean Emeritus of University Libraries for CU Boulder, and I'm a trustee for your Community Foundation. With me this morning are Boulder County District Attorney Michael Doherty and Liz Parker with the Boulder County DA's office. They're here today to talk about elder abuse, which has reached epidemic proportions in the United States. Abuse of the elderly can occur in the elder's home, in a nursing home, or in public. So Michael and Liz, this whole surprising topic of elder abuse sounds especially cruel on its face. Is this really something seniors in Boulder County are experiencing here in the midst of a pandemic, no less? Really? What can you tell us about the occurrence of elder abuse in Boulder County? Well, good morning, Jim, and thank you so much for having us on to talk about this important topic, and it certainly does impact Boulder County. Boulder County is a wonderful and safe community, but not immune from the issues and dangers that we see elsewhere in this country. It's why my predecessor, Stan Garnett, identified uh, protecting our older members of the community and prosecuting elder abuse cases as a priority for this office, and it's something we've continued to do since I became district attorney in 2018. And it's a growing concern not only in terms of the number of crimes we see, but in terms of the growing older population that we have. Adults 65 and up are the fastest growing segment of our population and locally, the number of individuals over 80 years old is expected to grow by 244% by 2050. So it's a growing population, it's an important population, it's one we put a priority on in this office. And we do see far too many elder abuse cases here in Boulder County, unfortunately. So, for example, in 2019, Adult Protective Services received over 1,500 reports of concerns about uh, older adults being victimized. Boulder Police Department investigated 337, Longmont Police Department 301, and our office handled 613 cases. So what this means is it's a real problem, and it's something we need to make sure that the community is informed about and that we're doing all we can together to protect this important and special population that we have in Boulder County. So how do you and Liz define elder abuse? Um, thanks. Um, elder abuse is defined in our Colorado criminal statutes and it's defined as physical or sexual abuse, um, bodily harm, as well as financial exploitation, which would include the category of frauds and scams against older adults and caretaker neglect. Um, in, in Colorado, our laws, our criminal laws specify that crimes against elder abuse focus on victims who are 70 years of age or older. And these are termed at-risk uh, community members by our criminal statutes. And these at-risk adults um, are, are um, the crimes, when crimes are committed against these this group of individuals, they carry more severe penalties than crimes uh, committed against the general population. Um, certainly that crimes against older adults and at-risk uh, individuals as defined in our statutes manifest in a number of ways. Um, 
Signs of physical abuse uh, can occur um, by uh, observation, by uh, someone in an older adult's life, a sign of injury, a sign of restraint, a sign of neglect might be something as simple as uh, a pair of eyeglasses not being repaired for a, a length of time. While these might not be in, in and of themselves of, of hard evidence that there is elder abuse occurring, it can certainly um, be a warning sign and something that we as a community and certainly in our office want to pay more attention to. Um, certainly there are many signs of financial abuse and exploitation as well, including um, differences uh, to whom an older adult might be writing checks or bills that are piling up that are unpaid, um, where an older adult might have had the ability to and, and, and has paid those um, bills in the past. And now you see a difference in financial habits. Frequent, frequently, we see older adults um, who might be victims of a financial exploitation um, having more and different folks in their lives who might be isolating others, other family members from their finances. And so these are all warning signs that our office has developed among many others to say we need to take a, a further look here and see what might be going on. Well, understanding these warning signs, uh, let's give us a little hope here. Can you give us an example of a case that your office has dealt with? And I want to stop here and say how fortunate we are in Boulder County that we have an office that deals with this issue. So Liz, can you give us an example of a, a case that your office has dealt with? Certainly, Michael and I could both uh, give you examples of cases that were brought to successive, um, to, to prosecution within our office. Um, I'd, I'd actually like to, to focus on a really a nice story that we hear about in, in our community protection division. Um, our community protection division is, a, is a, a section of our office that is really here for all of our community members in Boulder County. We have a consumer protection function, but it goes far beyond that in terms of the kind of prevention that we like to do, which, which I can also certainly speak about. Um, but I, we do try to educate our community members on fraud and scam. And, and one something that I find heartening and, and, you know, would like to think of as a success is a report that I received from a community member just a couple of weeks ago who was on the phone with a, a scammer, frankly, and, and they had communicated to her that she needed to go to the grocery store and buy gift cards and then communicate those numbers to them from the back of the gift card to the over the phone to the scammer, which would enable them really to have access to that money. When she went to the grocery store service desk to purchase these cards, she um, was told by the service desk uh, member, the employee of the grocery store, wow, these are used as scams a lot of time, are you, uh, a lot of times. Are you sure this isn't a scam? And, and that mere mention, that, that mere just, just one sentence of an, of an intervention, so to speak, is prompted her to not buy them that day. She went home and called her daughter, and her daughter called us. And we together convinced her that what she was experiencing was a scam and, and prevented that money from being uh, transferred to the scammer that day. So our community protection division is here for community members with questions about all kinds of things. And as, as I often say in our presentations, we'd much rather speak to someone at that stage before something happens than after that money might be, be transferred. And I, I know that Michael can also talk about 
uh, uh, different, you know, other forms of elder abuse in their prosecutions in our office. Thanks, Liz. Is um, with all of the signs that you and Michael see, is there a predominant kind of case that we see in Boulder County uh, or not? So the two categories that we see most often in Boulder County, Jim, at least in looking at 2019, were physical assault and then financial fraud and exploitation. And I would highlight for members of our community that in roughly 75% of the cases nationwide, the perpetrator is actually a family member or caregiver of the victim. So that's really important for people to know in terms of protecting themselves and their loved ones. 75% are family members or caregivers. Liz talked about a case, and it really is a great success story about a financial scam that was disrupted by the service desk. And the more we can get this message out to the community, the more we keep people in Boulder County from ever being victimized. It's hard to track down these scammers. Sometimes they're operating from other countries. But what we could do is better protect ourselves and our loved ones. And that's why the crime prevention seminars that Liz provides, along with her colleagues throughout our community at no cost, are really important as we continue to raise awareness and, and with your help today. Thank you. Thank you. I want to take a moment to thank our listeners for tuning into KGNU's A Public Affair this morning. I'm speaking today with District Attorney Michael Doherty and Liz Parker with the Boulder County DA's office. We are discussing elderly abuse. And my next question for them is, what's Boulder County's office doing to prevent elder abuse and other other parts of the country that have a better track record in dealing with this issue? Well, Jim, boy, we, we are doing all we can to, to try and help prevent elder, elder abuse, um, both, uh, as Michael said, to, to stop it before it happens. Um, if we know about these scams, as in my last example, for, for example, we are so much less likely to, to fall for them. If we recognize, as Michael also mentioned, that predominantly forms of elder abuse, such as physical abuse and neglect, and um, other forms of financial exploitation are perpetrated by and large by someone in an older adult's life. Um, and so you, to be aware of that and then to recognize the warning signs is something that our office takes um, enormous strides to make community members aware of. Um, we provide written materials both through our website and as a part of written as a part of in-person presentations. Um, about the signs of elder abuse that I mentioned and, and many, many more. Um, we provide really practical tips for older adults. Uh, very simply, at, at, the, at the point of contact with a scammer, there are now features, for example, our phone companies provide to help us block calls and screen calls when our phone providers recognize a scam number calling us. We provide information like that to our community members. We also train our law enforcement and other community partner organizations as to all of our obligations. Uh, those of us who are mandatory reporters under the law have an obligation to report um, a suspicion of elder abuse. And so our office provides training in our law enforcement and other community members who are mandatory reporters, including our financial institutions who are mandatory reporters of, of abuse, as well as our office and law enforcement agencies. 
and we certainly do as part and parcel of that training, how to recognize the signs that we talked about already. Um, in community protection, we also make efforts to reach out to isolated members of, of our community. Uh, we provide monthly blurbs in the newsletters for the Meals on Wheels um, organizations around Boulder County, for example. I usually highlight one scam every month for somebody to be aware of because those community members might not be getting to our presentations in senior centers or community centers or elsewhere. And so we want to reach out to everybody we can through those. Um, our webpage, in fact, has a speaker request form, and anybody can request us to come out and speak about these topics. We are passionate about them and preventing abuse, and we will do so um, anywhere that, that somebody would like to hear us speak and, and on any platform imaginable these days. Your passion, I'm, your I'm passion so comes through. It really does come through. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I, I hear you have something to say. Well, I was just going to say how grateful I am to Liz for that passion that she brings and the skill and dedication that she and her colleagues share and doing everything they can to prevent residents in Boulder County from ever being victimized. And on the prosecution side, if someone is the victim of an elder abuse offense, we have a team that works on those cases that's specially trained and dedicated to working on those cases. And we have a long list of successful case prosecutions where we've been able to fight for the right outcome and for justice for elder abuse victims. So you, your sense is that we are prepared in Boulder County to deal with this issue. How do we compare with like offices in other parts of the country? So I believe Boulder County has been a leader amongst the jurisdictions in Colorado for quite some time. And that predates me as district attorney. This office, as I said, understand Garnett made this area a real priority and has been a leader. Uh, I do think as a state, we were lagging behind other states, quite frankly, for a long period of time. So, for example, if I look at the mandatory reporting of child abuse, that came a requirement in 1963. Mandatory reporting of domestic violence offenses was required in 1994. Colorado was the 48th state in the nation, 48th, to enact a law requiring mandatory reporting of elder abuse, and that was in 2014. So I worked on that legislation. I was in a different office at the time. But Stan Garnett also helped lead the way for Boulder County. And between the county agencies we have, law enforcement, and the district attorney's office here in Boulder County, we're regarded as a leader in elder abuse prevention and prosecution across the state. We still have a lot of work to do. There are too many people being victimized. And especially now during the pandemic, when people are being isolated from one another, it's a real concern for us. That uh, number, 48, reminds me um, of working in higher education here in Colorado and remembering that 48 was the number that we frequently heard um, that put us as a state in terms of support for higher education. Um, we were, we were, 48th in the country. And the phrase I always used was, we made Mississippi very happy. Right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so yeah. let's, let's go on. What, um, what, what, what is the reason why you think it's important that we're focusing on this topic right now, right here in the midst of a pandemic? It's incredibly important, and that's why I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to talk with you today, Jim. 
COVID-19 has increased the stress and isolation for everyone, but especially for older adults who are sheltering and isolating to make sure that they don't become sick. So those factors lead to lower social support, in other words, less social interaction, and the lack of connection to people who might be able to help older people in our community. So for example, that service desk success story, that doesn't happen if the person's just staying home and is completely isolated, which is what we're asking people to do as much as possible right now due to the valid health concerns. It also, uh, the pandemic also increases the amount of mental health concerns which can increase the risk of victimization. If you're having no contact with anybody at all during the day and you receive a phone call on your cell phone, perhaps you're more inclined to talk to that person right now. And that can lead you to falling prey to one of these scams. And we all get these phone calls. So I know Liz wants to share some practical tips for people to keep in mind, but we're really concerned right now about domestic violence, child abuse, and particularly elder abuse as well, because in this period of isolation, we have to make sure our older people in our community are not falling prey to these scams, but rather we're making sure that people are checking in on them, that they're being cared for by the caregivers and taking care of themselves and not falling prey to scams. Before Liz, before I get to you on those tips, um, what can either one of you tell us about um, the fact that there's probably um, some element of privacy here and shame perhaps on the part of elders who don't necessarily feel comfortable coming forward and calling for help. Sure. Um, I I think that's a very valid point to to raise, Jim. Um, As we mentioned um, earlier, so much of elder abuse and financial exploitation takes place by somebody in the older adult's life. And, and it could be, in, in the vast majority of cases, statistically, it shows that it's a family member. And so an older adult might feel, um, for example, that they don't want to bring it up. They don't want to uh, cause um, poor relationships among other family members. If it's the case of financial exploitation or even a scam, they might be have some shame around the fact that they quote unquote fell for it. But but certainly we all are susceptible to scamming. The scammers, as as was mentioned previously, often operate from from out of the country, but they also operate in in enormous, very well-organized fashions with scripts and ways to get us to part ways with our money or our our personal information as they do um, too often. And so it's it's part of our work to try and overcome what might be perceived as stigmas um, about uh, surrounding abuse and exploitation and to, and, and to recognize that these kinds of things could happen to anyone. And, and that someone doesn't need to feel that that surrounding shame or unwillingness. Um, unfortunately, is it is a vastly underreported area of abuse, um, elder abuse, uh, and and I think it's for the reasons that you that you pointed out and that we are talking about here. Thank you. You have mentioned your outreach program, so give us some of those tips, things oh that we should watch for. <laughs> <laughs> well. I think I think part of uh, a large part of our outreach is maybe changing some habits among our older adult community about even answering the phone every single time it rings to have phone devices installed with caller ID and to look at that caller ID when the phone rings and and make an active decision about uh, who that might be. And if you don't recognize that number calling, let it go. 
And if you do realize, oh, that was somebody I wanted to speak to, you can always pick up the phone pretty quickly and call that individual back. Um, emails are um, certainly more prevalent during the virus when, we're, when a lot of us are home more and, and our computer screens more during the day. And my, my caution there in, in a nutshell is to be wary of what I call big names, sending us emails about things. And now that must include text messages and so forth. Your package is arriving. Your shipment is held up. There's a problem with your delivery and not take it as, as, a, as, as a, a legitimate message from um, a, a sender like Amazon or UPS or FedEx or something like that. But if you need a, if you have a question about a delivery, as so many of us might um, in the era of more online shopping, to uh, go to the source, go to your Amazon account, for example, and log in with your own credentials, your password and your username. And then you'll know if Amazon is trying to really reach you about a package rather than replying to that email, which so often contain links that take us uh, to malicious software, might even have an ability to um, compromise data on our computers, but certainly may not be the place we think we're going to. And I don't know if I have more time, but I, I would mention one more if you have time during this season, something we've seen a lot of, but I'll leave that to you, Jim. We can always provide more information via our website and our alerts. Yes. All right. Thank you very much. This is unfortunate, the time when we have to say thank you very much to Michael and Liz for being with us this morning and to our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Community Foundation's monthly program on KGNU's A Public Affair. You can learn more about the Community Foundation of Boulder County at C-O-M-M-F-O-U-N-D dot org. We'll be back with you on KGNU's A Public Affair on January 25th. Season's greetings and be well.